I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. We created this. This didn't exist before we were here. Look around at the square. I promise you right now, we did this. Doesn't matter what anybody says. They can say it's disrespectful. They can say it's this and that. And that. Everybody's, within, everybody's within the rules. Everybody's doing their thing. All we are is proud and passionate. We are like a college sports team. The Toronto Raptors are a college sports team. I promise you. I love Toronto. I love this team. And we're going to the A chance to win at home. A chance to win at home. This is for all the Raptors haters. It was all good just a week ago. They can feel themselves. And they watch the phone drop. They just kill themselves. What niggas gonna do, ho? It's a new crap on a new stove. I'm in two dogs. You back? Record nigga ever left about this bitch, huh? And if life a bitch and suck my. Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the cast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Pops Culture Podcast. My name is Papa Minnow, aka I uh, don't really have a nickname this week, but I'm feeling that nice anyways. And I'm joined as always by my trusty co-host. Mr. Endearing Trash himself, a.k.a. Gabe Eppard. How you doing today, buddy? We did it. We fucking did it. I'm on cloud nine. <laughs> you should be. I did it. No, nah, I'm, on, I'm on cloud 10. Fuck that. I'm on cloud 10. You did it. Who's I? <laughs> What'd you do? I supported them. No, you didn't. <laughs> you just hopped on the bandwagon. I'm wavering support. You've been a you've been a a Curry fan for the past like I'm, five years. I'm, Get the fuck out of here. Yo, I'm me and Drake. We we, we come from the same. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, sure you do. You got, sure you do. We can be fans of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's another episode. This is episode 19. Uh, we did take a break last week just because our conflicts did conflict with break. recording. Um, a little bit of break did help as well too. You know, I was doing a little bit of some big things. Oh, there it is. <laughs> Bring it up yourself. Your boy was on TV. So fucking humble. CBC uh, decided to hit me up and uh, asked me if I wanted to talk a little bit of Raptors. So I was like, yeah, why not? Why not give some of my expertise, which validizes, you know, validizes. That's not even a word. Validates. Thank you, sir. Man, I'm going to come take your job. <laughs> Shit. Validates this podcast now, doesn't it? Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should don't act like. No, no, no. The fans have always. Everyone's been always been riding since before that. So that's dope. But yeah, no, it was a fun time, man. Honestly, um, that was my first TV appearance. I'd only done a little bit of TV spots, like in univers uh, in college, um, which obviously doesn't count. But while I was standing there, man, I was just super like nervous. 
I was hoping you're gonna like throw up or something on camera. Yo, we were making jokes about that. Like I was telling some other friends about it, and he was, he was, they were just like, "Yo, what would happen if you just like drew a blank and just stood there the whole time, <laughs> or if you passed out and like couldn't breathe or something like that?" Uh, I was like, "Yeah, thank God that didn't happen." Yeah, that was. Um, but my leg was shaking that whole damn time. Like I couldn't make it stop, but. I just tried to focus as much as possible on them, and uh, I haven't looked back at it yet because I'm still worried about like how how I look. But I, I will look at it just so I can improve for whatever other interviews I end up getting. Um, but it was a dope time and a good experience. One otherwise, you me, It'll be fine. What? Yeah. Say that again. You want to say it a little bit louder? Are you yeah, speaking sorry. to the mic? Fine, man. <laughs> like I got so much juice right now, I can't just stay in one spot. It was funny too because I post. So I post. I supported you. I posted it online everywhere. And, like, on my IG and everything. But, obviously, like, clowning. Like, you know, guys would be, like, they can't be, like, full, full support. Like Yeah, it just look weak to us for no whatever reason. Yeah. And stuff, too. <laughs> and so, obviously, I was, like, oh, um, I posted a bunch of stuff, like, on Twitter and Instagram and, like, pictures of it. And then after that, I was, like, don't forget who really put, like, Pops Culture on. And, like, I put a picture of me when I did my first video interview. And my mom got so mad at me. She's like, why are you trying to take a, sh- take a shine, blah, blah, blah. I thought she was laughing. And she was cheesed, yo. My mom was actually mad. It was like, take that down, blah, 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 and stuff. Like, this is his moment and stuff. So shout out to my mom for thinking I'm a piece of shit. Mama at part. Yeah. I love her. Yeah. Always was, supporting. It was clearly a joke. I, was, it, I had it up for like two hours first. And it was making me like uncomfortable because it was just like, pure like good great job papa so i was like what can i do to put some shine on myself and also advertise the podcast so it was perfect but it was not to the liking of my mother but yeah good job that was um dope and now now we've got we've got some legitimacy and we're gonna keep this moving but don't forget i did it first (laughs) um but yeah no that was dope good for you thank you man appreciate that it was funny because you DM'd me about that and you're like, some girls just told me that it was kind of offensive if I did that. Yeah, a couple, couple of <laughs> But girls, no, no, just why did you preface it as some girl? It was your no, mom. Because, no, because a couple like girls were like, oh, typical Gabe, like maybe oh, true. about you. And then my mom actually went in, in. So, it, uh, yeah, obviously I'm going to call my mom like, some girl. Uh, no, like some like, like... The disrespect. Yeah. No, some girls like I don't give a shit. Like they always make fun of me. Everything has to be about you. And I got a couple DMs like that. And then my mom like went in. So then I was like, oh, okay, maybe I should take it down because mom matters. But I didn't take it down. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. But yeah. whatever. I didn't mind. It was funny. It was hilarious. I mean, it's still everyone saw you. That's 300. Like that's a couple of people that wouldn't know. So. Yeah, a lot of people posted it, so that was dope too. So I appreciate that, and uh, shout out to everyone who just hit me up about it. We are going to take a different approach to this episode as well too. This is episode 19, if I didn't say that before. Uh, be sure to like, rate, review on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and SoundCloud. Um, we're not a we're not a sports podcast. Um, I do just want to preface that as always, this is not a sports podcast. So but this is the Pops Culture Podcast, and I do Man, love sports. This is- and this is the greatest moment in Toronto sports history <laughs> for me. Uh, so I do have to talk about Raptors. Um, we are going to touch on Rob Palenka and music. We're going to touch on uh, DJ Khaled's album a little bit towards the end. Oh, we're going to touch end, on but- your fucking pettiness. Oh yeah, 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 we can, yeah, we can, we can touch on that too. That's a brief one. All I have to say is you're petty shit. <laughs> Yo, that was so funny, man. I love doing that. I can't. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that, man. I was Do you want to just talk about it now? You want to just talk about it now? Let's just talk about it now, then. Yes, quickly get out of the way. So me and him are arguing about this 
about who it's little Uzi versus 21 Savage who's who's bigger who has whatever we have our arguments and like I can see 21 Papa's treating me like I have like that I'm ridiculous for thinking that Uzi's gonna sell more because you came with no facts I that's why what do you mean, man? He has your only fact was like oh he has he has one big hit yeah he has a huge <laughs> that's it he has, man he has yeah he has the biggest hit out of like any artist in the you know last, you know like, who else artists. had a you know who else had a big who? hit who? snow but he has a oh my god he has a career as a <laughs> in huge man it's a complete so many people like came up, boom, boom, I down. had a legit argument and then like five days later this guy's pod is his um his blog which has been like slow because we've been in the radio stuff and he hasn't been writing like anything i check on facebook and his first article, hey don't take shots at my first don't take no, shots at my blog like that well it hasn't been as busy as usual you've got other things to do i wasn't criticizing you but it hasn't been as it sounded like a shot as usual. Well, if I throw a shot, I could throw a shot. And this guy writes an article about why Twenty One Savage is bigger than Little Uzi, which is such a like random thing to write about. Like, go on the internet and Google it, and I bet you that pops articles only thing that will show up in that conversation. It's not like who's bigger, like Kanye and Michael Jackson, and like Little Uzi versus Twenty One. It was such a petty thing to do to make a blog post about it, i couldn't believe it i could i was like i was actually sitting there for like five minutes but like this nigga like i could not believe that shit but it was still kind of funny but holy petty well i mean we had the debate on the podcast so yeah, if anything it, 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 it low-key helps the podcast some, okay no I, but you know what it was you know what it was the reason why i did that was because the reason why i did that was because when i put up the poll um I ended up winning that poll, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. Seventy percent to, to thirty percent. But if I put up my, um, my, my no, no, but said it had little Uzi too, though. So, so, so the people who voted Uzi had hit me up in the DMs and said Uzi. But you know what the thing was that pissed me off the most was every single one of them. The only reason that they had was that Uzi had the biggest hit in the past three years, and then I had to explain to them that. I wasn't specifically just talking about music. I was talking about his entire career and everything that's going on with him. So I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to write my opinions down and then just show everyone why I think that 21 Savage has had a better has had a better career. 13 to eight. You think 13 to eight year olds fuck with Savage more than Uzi? He's big. He's big with that demographic, too. Who, 20 yeah 21 yeah, savage like little uzi's like god to some of these little kids yeah man. for sure but i'm pretty sure 21 has that same kind of threshold as well too he's got a popularity but it's not like there's something weird about uzi fan base like he even has a weird like japanese following and stuff because he has all that weird like hair and like anime shit going on too he's got you're underestimating his fan base anyways that's enough of that we're just talking about fucking Petty Papa. That's your new nickname. <laughs> Petty Papa. Oh, th- that's what I, oh, thank you for saying that because that's what I was going to come on my nickname with uh, last week. But Petty we Papa? didn't. Yeah, we didn't end up recording. Did you write that last week? Pet, no, I wrote Petty Poppy, not Petty Papa, but Petty Poppy. But did you write that article last week? Yeah, uh, no, I think it was like a little bit before. Okay. Yeah. Well, there it was like early. Yeah, early last Thanks week or something again. like that. I guess that's our ran- random segment. Um, I did have a question, but I don't want to spend too much time on it because I do want to get to this other stuff. Um, I do have a lot to say about the fucking Raptors. <laughs> what an incredible season this has been. Like, um, I've just been locked into these playoffs from the entire start to finish. They've been absolutely magnificent. And having a team like this with uh, Toronto performing this well has just made it that much more enjoyable. Um like it's, it, there's nothing I can complain about. Like they've delivered on every front. I know there's been some games where things didn't go the greatest, and like obviously fans overreact. But one thing I've learned from these playoffs as well too, and I think part of it as well is just because Kawhi conducts himself in this manner as well. Is 
you can't take the highest highs. And you can't be down with the lowest lows. You just got to stay kind of even keel. And that's the approach I've been taking towards watching these games. And it's been a lot more enjoyable that way. So despite the games that they do have that are poor, it's, it's really great. Um, I won't, won't lie, though. I do ride the highest highs because it's kind of hard not to. Like, I've been a fan since I was seven years old. So when these guys make that big shot or uh, when guys overperform, like Van Vliet going 12 for 17 from three, I'm definitely going to get up and start yelling. Throughout that entire uh, game six, my heart was literally just pounding towards the last uh, eight minutes of that fourth quarter. That was an incredible game. I don't really want to spend too much time on the game seven, or sorry, the game six, um, but it was great uh, to watch them close it out at home. Um, that just adds another memory to Kawhi Leonard, who gets to spend it with a Toronto team as well, too, um, and be in that atmosphere of the fans cheering him on afterwards after he makes that huge, incredible comeback. Um, but there are a lot of things I do want to address with this Toronto Raptors team. So I want to start with the matchup between the Raptors and the Golden State Warriors. Golden State had won 56 wins, I believe, this year, or 57, and the Raptors are won 58. So that does give the Raptors home court advantage, which is huge going into this finals. This is the first time in the past five years that the Golden State Warriors have not had that happen. Um, they are going to be starting out on the road and... First, my first question to you, Gabe, is what like what is your prediction for this series? Prediction for this series, man. I'm so on a high. I haven't even thought about it because like I feel like it'll get me low. Um, Are you that worried though? Like I keep seeing this around like people and the internet. I don't understand how people think. Like the main thing I've been seeing a lot too is, I mean, not from credible people, but from just people around, is that. The Raptors are going to get swept in this series, no, get which is absolutely ridiculous to me. But I, I don't know, man. It just the sh- like I, I so I, I watched probably like eighty percent of Golden State games, and like they just and it's so demoralizing how quick they can go off. Like I know, and like honestly, the Raptors' defense is actually mind blowing. It's going to be like a good matchup. And that changes things because compared to what I think Golden State is actually going to get flustered the first couple games. But then, like, I could see Toronto winning game one or two, but I still think Golden State takes it in six. Like, I think they'll adjust um, to the defense and stuff. Um, Like, Milwaukee just, what Bud actually showed it, like, was, man, did not make any adjustments. I think that uh, Kerr will. I think it's still Golden State in six. Like, it's a sad story, but that's what I believe. Well, they're without Durant for the entire series. I don't think Durant Wait, is no. coming back into the series whatsoever. His injury looks way worse than they've been talking about because not only has he not been on their practice court, he also hasn't been taking shots. He hasn't gone through contact. And those are the things that you have to do before you're even game ready. Yeah. I know he's traveling with the team, um, but I saw the video of him walking on the airplane and that guy doesn't even look close to being able to move on the court because he was limping whilst he was walking towards the plane. So I doubt he's going to be game ready anytime soon. With this depleted lineup of them not having... I mean, honestly, I'm not even worried about Cousins coming back for them. Yeah, like, either am I. Cousins is a non-factor. He's, yeah, he's they not can, really that big of a factor for them. Like, they can maul him on, defense, on the pick and roll and stuff, too. He's a bad PNR defender. As well. yeah, and he's slow. He yeah. can't, he's not going to be able to run out to a, a three-point shooter. So I'm not really worried honestly, about him I'd coming him, back. I'd rather have him take shots away from everyone else. That as well. I wouldn't mind that either. 
Um, but yeah, with Durant not coming into the series, I know one of the biggest things is that Golden State's ball movement it has increased. Um, they still have that flow when Durant is there, and he is a release valve as well too. Um, it's just that when he's there, they don't move that ball as much, but they're still moving the ball. It's just not as much as you see with uh, just Curry, Clay, and Draymond. Curry without Durant, those crazy off the ball. Though, like the amount he runs around and stuff is pretty insane. Yeah, he runs around a lot more yeah. for sure because he has to get a shot. But uh, with that depleted team, I mean, those are the really the only two options are Clay and Curry for them really scoring a lot of points. If you nullify one of those guys, you have a really good chance of of winning this series. Um, me personally, I think the series goes seven either way. Um, I don't have a full prediction yet on whether the Raptors win in seven or if Golden State wins in seven. Um, I'll give one before the game, but I just don't have one at this very moment. But I will say my prediction is that for game one, the Raptors are winning game one. Um, I'm going to see that game is definitely going to be dubbed Kawhi Leonard's revenge from what he did in that Western's conference finals to them in 2016. Um, he's going to come out and do that same thing in this game one as well too. Um, and he's going to be huge for the Raptors. I predict him either dropping somewhere between like somewhere around like 41 points or 52 points, something like 52. that. 52. Something around those lines. Um, yeah, he's, he, they, they don't really have an answer for him. I know like they're going to probably put Clay on him and uh, Iggy. Those are probably going to be the two primary defenders. You might see a little bit of Dre, but no one can really guard him. Uh, I know the regular season t- doesn't count for shit, but just watching those regular season games a little bit, uh, they really did in that first game. They really didn't have an answer for him when KD was there either. So like both KD and Kawhi nullified each other, and KD's not in this series, so there's no nullification for Kawhi on this. Uh, so yeah, I just see it like that way. Um, another thing I do want to address real quick as well too, because this is the first time Toronto's been in the NBA Finals. Of course, there's going to be bandwagoners, and a lot of people in the city are going to start watching basketball. But I have a huge gripe with the bandwagon. Why? Be nice to them. Enjoy, like, embrace them. I know. That's the thing. We should be nice to them. We should embrace them. And it should be like, hey, like, come on and hop on. And that's fine. If you are a new fan, there's nothing wrong with that. But I'm not going to lie. I am a little bit salty because y'all didn't have to watch the Raptors and they were shitty, man. It's like, like my analogy for this is like, you know, when Drake says, bitch, you wasn't with me shooting in the gym. Yeah. Like, that that is my sentiment towards towards this whole bandwagon thing. Like we we were like there from day one watching the Raptors be trash through all those years, and finally they built a product where it's made it to the NBA playoffs, and now we get to reap the awards rewards. But everyone else is just hopping on and like, hey, like you blew up, and like now I want your money, and now I want your yeah, fame. Like it, it feels a little bit like that towards that's me as well too. The world is too though. That's just like when the how big of a Jays fan were you until that like playoff run. Where you're like all in. That's just, just, just other Yeah, but what I say, I wouldn't call myself a Jays fan. Though. I would have just said like I enjoyed that watching this Jays. That was pretty much it. I enjoyed watching that series. I wouldn't claim myself the to be a Jays fan. The only ones I hate are the guys who come in with hot takes. Okay, so that's, mind, where, that's what I was going next I I, after I this. Mind, is, like, yeah. You're just there to enjoy the coming down to Jurassic Park. And yeah, clapping. I'm cool with that. Yay. That's completely fine. But if you're like screaming like, Fred Van Fleet is the next Michael <laughs> Jordan, then I'm going to be like, I'll fight you right here. Um, 
that's the one that's annoying. Like, you're just there in the bar enjoying. Like, there's always some douchebag. I was in the bar watching the last playoff game. This guy was, like, just going off, like, yeah, like, the Greek freak is better than Shaq was ever at his prime. And, like, you're just sitting there, like, shut up. I'll kill your family. Like, <laughs> why are you even talking? Like, those, the people are so, the worst. So, yeah. Those guys are, always got to kill somebody. Yeah. Those are the only bad words. Like, if you're just there to enjoy it and, like, make the atmosphere better because there's going to be, like, a bunch of different Jurassic Park thing, place, all the place, that's great. Just, like, know your role. Like, that was my biggest gripe right there is the guys who come in and start giving their takes like they're pros or something like that, or like, or they, they, they've been watching basketball for that long. When we're watching the game six, there was guys in the bar, like when the Raptors are down 14 or 15, oh, this game's over, this game's done. I'm like, bro, this is the new NBA. Like, yeah. You can hit a run of threes and be right back in a game. There's no game that's been done. And the Raptors have been one of the most resilient teams in this playoffs. Um, additionally, in my office, oh my god, there are so many people who frustrate me. Like I keep hearing people say, "Oh, now we get to face Golden State, but they're gonna sweep us." I'm like, "You don't even watch basketball. Shut up! Yeah, <laughs> like shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. Like you have zero clue on what the Golden State Warriors have done this year and what they're like without Kevin Durant. And you also have zero clue on clearly what the Raptors have done. Like one of my biggest issues, especially in the media right now as well, too, is that." No one's giving this team credit for their defense. Defense wins championships. Nobody is talking about how elite the Raptors' defense has been this entire playoffs. I hear people say the Raptors have a good defense. I mean, they have. I hear people say they have. Basketball circles have. have. Like, not really. Yeah, I haven't like, seen one of those analysts be like. Lot, there's been a lot of people. I guess. There's, I guess. I, I don't know. I've heard a lot more. I guess they turn it more into instead of saying giving Raptors the credit, they give Kawhi the credit. No, they give. They say like Giannis fell shorter and bet like or yeah or they'll yeah or they'll they'll take it away. They don't say like oh they faced the best defense they've ever faced. Like Shaq on uh, inside the NBA on TNT, he never once gave the Raptors credit for any of their series. Yeah, he always just kept saying that the other team had either faltered or gave Kawhi a little bit of praise, and that pissed me off. I'm like, do you guys like you guys watch basketball, but no one wants to give the Raptors credit for holding down these top offensive teams in the league to under 100 points in multiple games. It's not even like it was just one game. There's can been we, multiple games we, where, where, you, where you're not touching 100 points. And in today's NBA, with how the three is emphasized, for a team to not hit 100 points in a game, is like a team hitting like 80 points in a game back in the day, or like 70 points in a I, game. You know what's weird, though? Is like I knew like everyone's like pedigree and stuff, but it wasn't until like this round in playoffs that I realized... like holy, They turned it up to no, another well, not level. not even, but like... Holy, just how good like of a defensive team they are like without even watching them though like Lowry's always been one of the top point guard defenders Marcus is an ex de- uh, defensive player of the year Leonard is too Pascal's honestly been close to his He's going to be all defensive yeah, soon Yeah Pascal honestly I think like Leonard got he coasted a bit like I think Pascal's close to him on defense this year um, no. Yeah, and no. lots of lots of people agree with me. Go on the internet and you'll see. I don't there's, care about there, the internet. There's an argument for it, though. You can't just say no. Like, no, I'll, I'll say he's a great defender. I don't think he's on Kawhi Leonard's He's not level. on Kawhi's level, but Leonard closed a bit on defense, too. Lots of people do not think he deserved. Anyways, Pascal is on, like, all defender level third t- team if there was right now. So that's an insane defense. And that's insane. That that's just nuts. No, just to have the I don't like that could literally be one of the greatest def, like defenses ever. Yeah, I don't I don't know if they're, they're up there for sure. The they're last, an elite like, defensive I guess team. It reminds me a lot 
a lot with a better score of Detroit. We talked about this before. Yeah, we talked about it last week. Yeah. But um, that, watching that team just oh man, if they could yo, if they could Golden State LA, like they like Detroit did LA, I think I would have like an aneurysm and like die happy. That's honestly my like that's what I feel like is gonna happen in these early games, to be honest. Is that the Raptors defense is just gonna be that stifling. Like because they just have like you said, you named all five of the starters can play a high level of defense. So I really find it hard to believe that um, as much as Golden State loves to run and stuff like that, I find it hard that they're going to have an easy time scoring on this team. Like, this isn't Portland who coasts on defense. Like, I saw people that saying that. all-time worst defense. Exactly. Like, people were saying that last series, Curry went off and started dropping 36. And yes, Curry is a phenomenal player. I'm not taking anything away from him. He should have won that first finals MVP. But... This yeah. isn't Portland. Portland, like these guys, I could have scored that on that the, defense. That like the, that was the worst. defense. These guys were so bad on defense that it it was mind boggling to me that people were I was like, shocked. people were like, like it didn't really surprise me that they blew those fifteen point leads because they kept giving up points so easily. They would just give up on plays. Like I would see Dame chase after Curry and then just give up like two seconds later. It's like the the Raptors aren't going to play that same level of defense. They're going to be locked in, and when when you see them locked in. They play at an extremely high level. Like, they stopped a team of four All-Stars in Philadelphia from scoring 100 points multiple times. Yeah. I hope they bring that same defense to this, to this series. And, yeah, that's, that's my biggest gripe with, with people just talking about the Raptors going forward. But it's going to be a close series. Like, anyone who's saying four, you're stupid. Think, you need to shut up. You don't know to, anything. I think we just need to let go of it. As Canadians and Toronto Raptors, I think we need to let go of our expectations that America will ever have like immediate but it's not even americans though it's just like people in this city <laughs> and this but it's i mean it's a hockey town first and for like yeah you know, like you just just enjoy it like you can't be this is me telling you to chill so you know that means <laughs> a lot just enjoy it for what it is like this is the first time in your since you've been in your dad's nutsack that you get to watch the raptors in the final so don't worry about the bandwagoners just have just have a good time facts <laughs> I will. I will definitely enjoy. It. I just had to get that off my chest. Like I'm not Fair saying enough. I'm not going to enjoy. Are we, are we done with the Raptors but, now, or is there? Are we um, <laughs> can we? Talk? I, I mean, shout out to the people who also said they wanted JV and uh, uh, CJ and um, what's his name, Delon right back. I wanted Delon right back. CJ's <sighs> been a bum. No, I, Van Fleet. That first three games <laughs> was. Th- the most horrendous basketball. I will not even go back on it. I don't care. Okay, let's if not go back on it then. I, I, <laughs> yes, they were bad, but he made up for it. No, he didn't. He made up for it. No, he made the, 12 of 17 threes. That shit if you could actually just hit the backside of the backboard. It was insane. It was the worst. I've been watching playoff basketball my whole life, and I was actually like tossing stuff around my room. I was fucking Kyle punching drywall. I was so mad, man. I cannot believe how bad he's playing. And the, I mean, I'll eat like whatever. I'm happy. I don't owe him anything. Like he played better, and I'm happy he did. But my my brain was boggled, like how bad he could be. It was terrible. He still shot shit from two point. He just found his stroke from three. No, he like, didn't. He drove to the basket. Yeah, and he still got his percentage was like. 21 for like from like under three and then like 70 something from three in the last like three games it was insane anyways it was just ridiculous i can't i could not believe it i was about to fight him and he doesn't like i hate his frame too he looks like a like a bit <laughs> he looks like a bag of milk Jesus. like you know like he doesn't look like how how are you running around a professional athlete and you look like that like it looks like a like a gym. Nah, he's got that speed frame, that short, fast no, dude frame. No, he's got like chubby on him too. He looks like a Puerto Rican pitcher. Like, come on. 
Okay, I was not expecting Van Vliet <laughs> slander. These guys are in the finals. Like, How are you not? Can't really slander the team you anymore. You saw my Twitter timeline. You, you um, knew the Van Vliet was going. He was bad. Danny Green's also been bad, but he he's going yeah, to he, bounce back 100%. Danny Green, I know that last series was so frustrating, especially game six, where we missed a bunch of those threes, but I guarantee in this finals he's going to make I never worried bad. about Danny Green. Plus, he's like he offers other things too. Like he's one of the best. Like, yeah, but he was still bad defensively in the series. Yeah, he was kind of that was a sick, thing. But like, I just I don't know when you when you've almost won um, NBA or Finals MVP, you get a little more credit than uh, than Van Fleet. Can I say real quickly that is a, that past segment is exactly why we need a producer. Is because you literally were like mumbling for the first two minutes. Then you started yelling at Van Fleet, and your levels like instantly increased and sounded proper. And now they're back to the same ones. But anyways, let's move on to your favorite what? story. I was not mumbling. <laughs> All right, I'm the great. And what, what is it? Orator. This guy doesn't even remember his yeah. own shit. I got too many fly ass nicknames. Just stay with endearing trash, man. Because <laughs> yeah, you're trash. That's a brand, people. Don't forget about that. Rob Falinka, man. Rob. Your boy, your boy, Magic Johnson. <laughs> love Magic. I love me some Magic. I don't even know where to start with this story, man. Did There's just so much to go through. Um, for those of you who don't know, um, the Lakers. I was gonna say Golden State. The Lakers have been in shambles for the past six years. Um, they did hire new management in the form of Magic Johnson, uh, Rob Palenka, getting rid of Mitch Kupchak, and they got rid of the two Bus brothers. And Genie ended up taking over. Um, a new story did just happen to come out after Magic had gone on first take and done an interview. Uh, a new story came out by, I can't remember the gentleman's name. Uh, one second. Let me pull it up. What, the writers? The sham? Baxter Holmes. Uh, um, not to be confused with Ben Holmes. <laughs> no affiliation there. <laughs> the washout. <laughs> Some girl who's like following the podcast now. She's like, "What? What happened?" Because she like went through my Instagram. She's like, "What happened with the white guy?" Like he just kind of <laughs> disappeared. Uh, and I'm yeah. just like, "Oh man, I was just laughing because it was so funny." She's like, "You guys had a white guy, and then he was just gone one day." I was like, That's what happened. Affirmative, yeah, he affirmative action, baby. <laughs> <laughs> affirmative action. <laughs> um, yeah, they've been in shambles. So this year, they tried to obviously get their stuff back on track. Uh, so a new story did come out come out about what's been going on behind the team and for those of you who don't who don't even like basketball that much I highly suggest you read this because this is beyond basketball at this point this is pure on entertainment um reading this article and it's a long one but it's well worth the read like I enjoyed every minute of reading this thing from top to bottom it is hilarious um there's just so much to take in and it's really relatable because you can really see how the people who work in the Lakers organization, um, like the people who are behind to be the clear, desks. Though, there's guys like this everywhere, like top CEO. Yeah. Like, that's who, what they yeah. get by. And the, the only reason he got caught with these bullshit like lies and stuff because he's on national TV all the time. Like I've met so many of these fast-talking white dudes, CEO, like whatever, give these bullshit stories. You have to smirk and grin. And that's why just so funny getting him get caught. But every office you work in at the top, there's some asshole like this. All right, so let's hear from Rob Palenka. So Rob Palenka told a story about Kobe Bryant, just to give you some backstory, about Kobe Bryant and the Dark Knight and Heath Ledger. Um, and it turned out that this story was completely false, and he fabricated the entire thing. And this is him talking to <laughs> Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Side of just basketball. Yeah. And... I remember just a really quick story. There was one time when Kobe, who I worked with for 18 years, was going back to play in Madison Square Garden. 
and he had just seen The Dark Knight. Obviously, you guys saw that movie. And he's like, hey, hook me up with dinner with Heath Ledger because he got so locked into that role. I want to know how he mentally went there. And so we had dinner with Heath, and he talked about how he locks in for a role, and Kobe mm -hmm. used some of that in his game Great. against the Knicks in terms yeah. of mental preparation. Um, <laughs> The nigga's dead. And he's yeah. Been, and he's been dead. So before the Dark Knight release, six months before the Dark Knight had released, Heath Ledger had passed away. <laughs> so how did Kobe... <laughs> Oh god! I'm all like, honestly, I laugh. Oh all, man! I, I was so consumed in this story. Yo, how and, do you think they met, though? And, and what do you mean? What? How did Kobe meet Heath Ledger? No, I, I, no, I'm just like they and, pull up the corpse and then <laughs> Ouija board for sure. <laughs> oh man! And just to be clarified too, there's no possible way that like he Kobe got some preview. Either like earlier, whatever. Yeah, no screen. Christopher Nolan had said, had been working on it still when what's his face? No one. He said no one had seen it when uh, Heath died. So it wasn't like you know how movies can be out and like superstars can see shit early. But Christopher Nolan vouched that no one saw this movie by the time um, Heath had passed away. So this was a complete and total lie. And I feel like honestly. Polinka's one of those guys who lies, and then he's just been telling the lie for so long that he believes it. Yeah, he just starts believing you know what his, mean? Own, like, his own lies. Like, yeah. he, like, it started off Kobe being like, I love that movie. I'm going to, like, draw it from my game. And then it turns into, like, Kobe met Keith, like, right before. And then now it's become this, like, I'm not going to lie. I have a couple stories in my life like that that got, like, completely out of control. And now I just can't turn back. <laughs> That's why you're tra during trash, man. <laughs> Come on, don't act like you don't have that. Like you know. Anyways, but yeah, you cut that out. My mom knows. <laughs> no, my mom knows I'm a piece of shit. But um, yeah, that that story was nuts. Like, holy shit, Lakers, uh, get it together. Yeah. So just from top to bottom, their whole organization is in disarray. Uh, when Magic came on first take to talk about his perspective, I knew from that point that. He wasn't completely at fault for the way that the way things have gone for the Lakers, but he was a little bit at fault for the things that had been going on. And reading this story, it really shows you like how two-faced Magic, Magic is. is. And you can see it now though. Like oh, yeah. you can tell that when the cameras come on, he's that charming, like super smile, like puts on a smile for everyone. He's super happy. He's talking to everyone. He's like, Oh, you're my boy, you're my buddy. Like he's super happy and all that. But I could tell behind closed doors, like from what those uh, other execs and what other people in the office were saying and the people who came out were saying, he's a hard ass who's just literally yeah. like, he's, I demand the most out of everyone, but I'm not even going to be there to you saw like you to, made to prove it. His like coworkers like cry and stuff. Right? Yeah, that so, one lady cried, and then uh, she she got the thing though. She had anxiety and people, had to get a panic attack. Forgot that like Magic was a degenerate and like an asshole in the 80s and stuff. People don't realize that before, like he, he like he like hated teammates. He got teammates out of L.A. He was yeah. Jerry and Jerry West book. He said Magic would just have girls in the locker room and he'd be roasting them, and they'd be coming and going, and just like treated it like his own personal like thing. And anyone that stood up to him was like, "I am Showtime. Like, do you want to keep your job?" Like Magic was straight up having orgies in the Laker locker room, and people had to turn a blind eye. So like Magic, like it's just people. There's been so much time. Uh, and social media and stuff wasn't around. That Magic forgot. having orgies? No way. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder what the downfall <laughs> of that was. Magic. Um, uh, yeah. Jerry West should have done a better job of protecting him. 
um but yeah so just like i don't know man how how are you gonna get bit man like the end of the day like magic bitches me out i'm like at least i don't have hiv magic yeah but the like, the, the, the issue thing <laughs> the issue here is that there's just no there was no there's no structure or organization so the people they, they fired a bunch of people as soon as they came in when they took over and those people who were doing those jobs um that responsibility got left onto the people who were left behind. So people who weren't like qualified? people who sorry qualified, yeah, people who were not maybe not qualified, but yeah, people who weren't like qualified or used to doing those jobs had to take on extra work and they had extra pressure. Like when one of the first stories that they said was when Magic came into uh, when Magic came into the position, he said we have to get the best people in here, and if we don't have the best people in here, I have a stack of resumes on my desk. And anyone can be replaced. So that puts on pressure to all the people who are working there already to already have to perform at a high level. So he's just adding more pressure onto people who didn't need to have pressure added onto them. Yeah. It was insane. And, like, there's no organization from... um, Well, to be fair, though, like, also, like, but the buses and stuff have, like, obviously surrounded themselves with, like, nepotism and, like, they've just hired friends and family. Yeah, that's, that's been a hit big a issue, too, yeah. Like, apparently, Kurt Rambis. Fucking Kurt Rambis, all right? This guy's got more coach. I don't even know how this guy exists or lives. He's uh, honestly one of the worst NBA coaches, managers ever. This guy's got a multitude of jobs since the 90s. He's the biggest joke in the NBA. Apparently, his wife is best friends with Jeannie. And yeah, she, and she's, she, like... She runs around joking that she's, like, the dark, like, queen in the shadows that actually runs the Lakers. Yeah. So, you have this... Uh, guy's wife who doesn't even know what she's talking about or doing calling shots in uh, LA Lakers like your professional organization you know what? it's just like this is just like the same thing you see in businesses and everything too just full of like friends friends who you know and nepotism and eventually sh- but LA is like out in the like limelight so everyone's getting their ass showed out there is a quote that uh, Palenka did say which did make a lot of sense to be honest um, let me see if I could pull it up here real quickly. All right, so here it is. We all know in sports, when you're winning, great things are said. When you're losing, the naysayers and the negativity comes out. That's just the nature of this business. And right now, we're coming off a season where we lost. So I will give him some vil- validity towards that because he's not lying there. Uh, when you are winning, no one's going to say anything. So had the Lakers had a great season, of course, I don't even think this story. Well, I mean, this story might have still came out, but uh, Halley Dada would have gone out the same way. Um, yeah, well, you have that many cycles around, and you're not going to have a great season. Though. Yeah, exactly. Have, did you, have you did you see the stuff I posted with him? Like, yeah, talking this, about you're talking the bread about, uh, falling from Jesus, the sky, yeah. and then comparing like a young Taylor Swift <laughs> to the Lakers. I was actually batshit baffled. Like how like it was insane. Like he, there's oh, there's so there's so much wrong here as well too. They had. No, sorry, keep going. I didn't mean to cut you off. No, it just it was in like he's like he was like it was so weird. He's like started out of nowhere. He just starts talking. He's like these Lakers, they they remind me of a young Taylor Swift. Like, and then he starts talking about you know the NBA is all about scoring and scoring and scoring, and but we're about passing, passing. So I think we're gonna see the same evolution of the Lakers as we did with a young Taylor Swift. End of quote. What the <laughs> fuck did you just say? What in the shit does that even mean, Rob? Are you fucking crazy? Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe he meant the ascension of Taylor Swift, you know? <laughs> no, I know she's, <laughs> she's been pretty high in these, yeah, in, these like, in these streets. Oh my god! I was like, what? And then the and the guy was like, 
could, maybe he was, thought that they'd get like fame off of like Kanye he, or something. He was shit. getting. I don't know. He was using like uh, Bible quotes for KCP too. Yeah. Like uh, who? Dude, speaking of KCP though, Caldwell Pope, he got arrested for a DUI charge that he already had, <laughs> so he had to do a stint in prison. And they yeah. allowed him to play basketball on the team still because Walton said he felt like he he was pressured into playing him because KCP is represented by Rich Paul, who's also LeBron's agent. So they felt that he needed to be uh, facilitated, like he needed to be handled well in order to get uh, LeBron James there the next year. Normally, teams, what they would do, what they, they would suspend him from playing um, regardless of what the judge work court order says they would still suspend him that way he wouldn't play because it's just a bad look to have someone who's who's coming in and out of jail to play in the nba like it was nuts i was like i can't believe that they let this shit go by like that is insane one more thing to this ludicrous story this nigga had an ankle bracelet on oh did he (laughs) for being monitored when he's out of prison when he was hooping for the lakers an ankle bracelet (laughs) Like, so you can't go out of the city. He had that around his ankle as he was shooting threes for the Lakers. Okay. Do you yeah, know? That's kind of hard, though, still. That, you know, <laughs> that's kind of gangster. Yeah, but you know, like, what a degenerate organization, bro. Like, what? Oh, man. Yeah, that is insane. I can't believe the Lakers even allowed shit like that to happen. Wild. Yeah, the KCP thing really spoke out to me. I mean, the Rich Paul thing was was a little bit weird, too. Like, Rich Paul was talking to Adam Silver about yeah, but, Walton, uh, trying to get him fired and, like, talking that, behind. Though, right? Well, yeah, obviously he's going to deny that shit. No, though. but he did. He, he said, yeah, he did two things, though. But, like, that doesn't he make also, sense. He also flew on the that plane, though. doesn't make sense. Like, he's like, yeah, I flew. But it doesn't make sense, man. Like, you have to realize, why Why would he talk to Adam? Like, That's what I didn't get either. And it... it there are, to be like, fair, the there are out there shit. No, like, no, no, no. This guy did no. This guy did his due diligence. It's just that these are coming from sources, so not all the sources are verified. That's the I thing. just can't see that's the thing that you have to take into that, into consideration. Like, Rich Paul is a savvy person. Say what you want about him, he's not a stupid guy. I don't see like unless he knew something or like could hold something over Silver's head. I don't see him going and be like, yeah, you need to fire Walt. Yeah, that part was I a little bit know. crazy to me. So I guess the guy who we got that from probably wasn't credible. But this is a this is. For the most part, credible because he does check. Yeah, his sources, no, for so. sure. Um, Shit's wild. In this but sense. yeah, it was insane. Like they had two, they had two worms for draft. One last thing, Palinka went to um, what's his name? Oh, I had it written down here. Uh, he asked one of the players, "What? Who's the guy though?" Oh, I can't find it. But anyways, Palinka asked one of the players about who they should draft, and they end up drafting that player. Oh, Hart. Hart. Yeah, he has. That. There we go. He has. Uh, his Villanova. 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 Villanova um, teammate. Yeah. And his words were, he's a good player and a hard worker. He's just semi out of shape or something like that. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't. And like, That's not even a slight, though. No, you could w- fix that. It wasn't, That's not even something like. He, like It's not even like, oh, he's had an ACL tear or, oh, he, He's got back spasms yeah, constantly. Yeah, or he didn't call him lazy. Yeah, right? he's, like he's just like he's out of shape just, out right now. Yeah, like you could fix that in like two months, not even. And then like Rob goes public <laughs> with it too, so everyone knows that Hart did it. And then now Hart's slandering Palinka. He was tweeting about snakes and stuff like that too. So yeah, so they ended up, so they ended up taking um, someone else instead of Spellman. They took um, uh, what the, that other wh- that white dude. Yeah, I can't remember his name, but they skipped on Spellman despite. All their analysts and our analytical people and all their coaching staff being huge on Spellman, they all he skipped on them just so they could take 
and, uh, the other dudes. And he didn't because they had two separate war rooms, so where they do the drafts. So he didn't tell anyone in the second room. Yeah, they just they, did. They it. were going to be doing that, and Rob just did that, and he sprinkled the crumbs from the heavens uh, upon them. Oh man, I love it. I love it. I love all the dysfunction, bat shit, man. Bad shit, yo. So. Uh, so let's move on to DJ Khaled real quick uh, before we end this episode because we are at like 43 minutes. Uh, what do you have thoughts on this album? I thought it was good. I thought it was really good. I had like a – I didn't expect it. I had like a – I don't know. I can't explain the vibe to it. I really, I really like the production. Um, yeah, I'll agree with that. The production is on point 100%. I don't know. I mean, it had a – like a – it had a – I, I like the, the first half of the album I liked more. Um I don't know. It's hard to explain. Like, I mean, it's not that I probably won't go back and listen to it like for the rest of my life, but it did give me some like older R and B vibes that I, I, I like. Like when I say older, I mean like middle two thousands. Like, which I guess. What do you What do you think of the SZA album, uh, the SZA song? Because I, I feel like it's a mixed bag out there. What do you mean? Her song. Like, do you like it? Do oh, you not do I like, like it? The, oh, with Sith. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, I like I like all her music to be honest, and like I like all her features. I, there's, I have a hard time finding like, even on the Cardi B album, she killed it, and like I like her. I like her tone. I like her style. I like her voice. So I'm for it. I feel people are saying it's a little bit too mainstream, so that's why they feel like it's not as enjoyable. But I feel like she's been smashing all her mainstream hits. Yeah, like, and she needs it too because she's gonna draw a new type of audience uh, with that sound and like with these songs that she's doing. Especially since her last album was such a success and, like, it kind of got hot into the mainstream. So, she's going to be drawing new people. So, I mean, like, she kind of has to yeah, get the bag, throw those out man. there. But, like, it's not even – they're not bad songs, so, like, they're still good. So, like, yeah. that's why I didn't really I, I usually don't like it. complain very much about when someone goes mainstream. The only one who really, really hurt me was The Weeknd. Just because, like – Yeah, his dark shit's just, way oh, better. My, that, like, that changed my life type music, you know? Like, I can still bop out to the weekend, but, like, yo, like, House of Balloons and stuff, like, him going pop really hurt me. Like, he still has good music, but will never, ever get music like that again. Like, like Frank – I like I respect artists like Frank Ocean, too. Even though he doesn't put out that much music, he doesn't compromise either. He doesn't really have to because he's got the bag, but – yeah, I don't know. So far, yeah, like I liked all her features. Like I, I haven't listened to it that much, but I like I heard she was my favorite on the Cardi B album, um, too, and like her song. So yeah, um, I'll keep listening until it turns to trash. For me, I thought it was like just all right. Um, I feel like as a whole, this doesn't have that much uh, cohesion. Like there's not you can't really like just play it from start to finish and like have it sound really good um, with. Major Key, the one two years ago, I believe, or three years ago now, that album felt a lot better to me, like in terms of just playing it from top to bottom. And it had more, it had smashes on it. Like his last two albums have had smashes, yeah. but this one didn't. Like there's nothing on here that like sticks out as a mainstream yeah. song. Um, I know that Bieber one was really big and like it, it kind of already blew, but I felt like he just kind of like threw this, like threw that back on yeah. here. Like I'm surprised Top Off also made it on. Like that song's mad old. Like this verse is on there talking about freeing Meek and like <laughs> Meek's Meek's out now. <laughs> Meek's out now. So like I don't I get it. I did notice but. though is I found the weakest part of the album was the lyrics. Man, there's some bubbly bubblegum. Well, yeah, it's a Khaled album though. Like, you can't really expect. But it was bad. High quality like, shit. It was, it was worse though. from most of them. I really like um, Sean's Sean's song is dope. Um, I like Nas's song. I like Cardi's song with Twenty One Savage. No Uzi. Oh, God. <laughs> I was going to say more about it, but I mean, we are wrapping up. Um, but yeah, I like that one. Uh, the Meek song with Lil Baby is super hard because that's got Joe Budden's uh, Love I'm Good 
uh, sample in there, which is super dope. Um, so yeah, like I, I think it's a decent album. It's good to have some new music out, but like you said, I'm probably not gonna keep it on my iTunes. I'm just gonna like keep the songs that I like and then delete the rest. Uh, but it's good to know he did sell 131,000, which is around where he would normally sell. Um, shout outs also to Tyler the Creator. I keep blanking today, Jesus. Tyler the Creator. He did 170 on his new album. Uh, it's not rap heavy, but it is a pretty good album. His sound has changed a lot, and he's showing a lot of growth going towards the future. So it's good to see him change and get a little bit more mainstream. and Well, not mainstream, but get a little bit more artistic. So that's pretty dope. Uh, but that will wrap it up for another episode of the Pops Culture Podcast. Uh, Thank you guys, as always, for tuning in. Um, it's been a super dope ride these past two weeks. Uh, and also, always, we are going to continue to bring more content, especially with the summer coming up. Things, Big things are going to be done soon as well, too. So... Keep on the lookout for that. Don't worry about my announcements. It's fine. What announcements do you have? I'll keep it for next episode. All right. Peace. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.